and we're back. Another episode of Seen Yet Unseen. Yeah, it's good to be here with you. Yeah, it's good. How's it going, John? It's going really well. Um, I think, uh, you know, the last episode that we did, there's kind of a lot still flowing from that episode. And uh, there's a real desire just to delve deeper into, you know, the different things that we're always talking about. Right, right. And in doing that and, you know, living our lives, just, you know, going about. And it just yeah. feels like, feels like I'm, not, I'm on an autopilot. Do you ever feel that way, John? Like you're just, you're just on autopilot? You know, I hear people talk about that. And I, I, it's almost like a sensation of, of like, maybe I'll say like Groundhog Day. I think a lot of people talk about that, like day in, day oh, out. It's the yeah. same thing. Right. The it's same so thing. drab. Right. Yeah. And you know, if I'm feeling that way all the time, like, you know, is there something missing? So I know exactly what you're talking about. I can, I can feel it. Like almost like a, uh, life has a way of making you feel almost like zombified in a way. Right. Right. So yeah, I've been feeling that way, um, sometimes and it just goes back to some feelings that I had before a different job that I have is, you know, as a work experience and, uh, it's going about my day, just trying to, you know, uh, punch in, punch out, you know, that's kind of how we do it. Right. Right. And so, but, uh, there was a gentleman there. Um, he was, uh, it's a customer and, um, I was paying no mind to him and, uh, you know, the way he was dressed, maybe I noticed that. And I, I don't know if I really became really judgmental of that, but I just mm. right away, it felt like I, there was a, a feeling of disregard. Like it was like, okay, hurry up, just, you know, do what you need to do, you know, Get right. inside the store and get out, you know, like oh, yeah. and just do my job. Definitely. But he was just trying to get my attention. And then we went out into uh, uh, the yard, which because I worked at a junkyard before. And uh, I was just standing there. I was looking at things and he comes and approaches me. And I was still kind of not paying no mind to him because it was like, um, I don't like small talk sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's painful sometimes. Yeah. Like how the weather and howdy doody. And <laughs> I just, howdy I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. So that's why I felt like as if he was about to be on that level of just drawing me into a conversation where I was like, ah, here we go. Mm-hmm. And so then it just really became a different conversation. He started talking about you know, how are you, you know, really asking intently, like, how are you doing? You know, maybe he felt that distress, right? Even though he might've, you know, it was kind of him causing it because I really didn't want to engage, but it became this conversation where he was really engaging me. He was like, how are you doing? You know, and how's, you know, how's life going for you? You know, you like this job and, That's you know, start asking. Yeah, it is. Cause I was like, what, who? Mm-hmm. Who is this? So right. I, you know, I entertained the conversation. I started telling him and then I um, started asking him, you know, like, well, what are you doing here? You know, what's, what are you looking for? And, you know, the, you know, the regular questions that I would as customer service agent. Right. But at the same time, I was like, so, you know, what do you do? What do you, what's, what's your work like? And mm-hmm. we just start engaging each other more. And then it just like, just became this like really close feeling between us. Where I felt like him as like just this awesome like person, like, Mm -hmm. wow, you're interesting. And he was finding that interest in me as well. And it was like, we were just having this conversation and I was like, um, it felt really different. Okay. And 
so it left me feeling like, uh, you know, when we choose to be in those, uh, you know, those autopilot feelings in our life, right? It's like we're missing these opportunities to um, really connect with somebody on a different level and not just see him as a, cl- a client, a customer, but as a person. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was really awesome. And it was like, you know, why, why? Why don't we do that? Why don't we choose to to engage <clears throat> with people? Yeah, it's a great point. It's an awesome point, as a matter of fact, because I, I think we we get so used to maybe it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. Was I disregarded or did someone disregard me? And now that becomes like the the life script that I'm living by. Well, right. you know, everyone disregards me, so I'm supposed to disregard everyone else. And that's just the way that we live. And that right. becomes our normal. And when we do that, like you said, we miss many opportunities to enrich our lives. Mm-hmm. So am I, now it raises another question. Am I on autopilot, as you say, because I think that's just the way it is? Or can I actually effectively do something differently to to break that cycle? You know, I, I feel bored. It's Groundhog Day again, another day <laughs> on the grind. We have all these different words that we use to describe this autopilot sensation. Right, right. What could I do to engage another person to enrich my life if I so choose so and not necessarily dependent that someone needs to engage me first? Right, exactly. It's like it's almost like a game. Like I start thinking about it. It's like what you were just saying is like, do we, do we do it on purpose as I don't want to see you? I don't, you know, we do it right intentionally mm-hmm. or is it almost like a game? Like you says, like, uh, you do it to me. So I'm gonna do it to you. Tag right, you're like it. Learn behavior. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's like. That's how I feel. Like some, lot, I feel like a lot of times we're in this game. It's like tag you're it you're now you don't have to pay attention to nobody mm-hmm. um but we're coming into that time where people are becoming more aware of what they do and how they help one another because i see this whole pay it forward type thing and where people are really like you know trying to help each other out on that level but in conversation you know we don't think people are um you know and that's how i am as well it seems like as if um we're like these non-playable characters like i don't know if anybody knows you know a lot of people know what gaming is and some of them people don't but it's almost like a character in a game that really doesn't have anything to do with the objective of the game and sometimes it is because it's like you do have to ask maybe these type of characters in the video game for information that leads you to another place and whatnot right but some of them it's like they're just there you know doing the daily dialogue like how's it going oh look at this guy and you know they're saying nothing and sometimes i feel like as if um in life there are these characters are seemingly they're like that because Mm -hmm. we don't maybe take the initiative or we don't feel enough to to pay them regard or to you know try to talk yeah yeah yeah. it's like are they a non-playable character quote unquote Mm -hmm. because i have i have chosen to make them a non-playable character i've I've created them so you're talking about it sounds like we've we've done episode about 
valuing one another and we have mm-hmm. a tendency not to value one another. You know, you go your way, I go mine. And, uh, you know, if I have to talk to you, I will, but otherwise, um, then unless I have to, or unless there's some benefit from me, then I mm-hmm. have no need to say anything to you. I think I was reading some literature, uh, okay. about, uh, like new habits in the workplace. And so mm-hmm. a lot of habits in the workplace, especially with the new generation, mm-hmm. uh, there are many, many people that go about their day specifically with like big headphones on so that they only have to engage in what it's absolutely necessary for them to, to engage in. So I don't want to talk to you. You do wow. your job. I do mine. And and then I, maybe there's a perception that it's easier that way. And of course, it is easier that way. It's easier, to, very easier to write someone off. This is what we've been, right? Kind of. This is like learned behavior that we talked about a little earlier, right? I could understand that because maybe in a work environment, because you could really get distracted by the office chatter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or you know, the work environment chatter, where you just end up talking around the the the, the water dispenser, <laughs> the water cooler talk, right? <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. And, and and then you get distracted. So I, I get it kind of in that way, but just to kind of block out everybody that is around you all day long and only if you need them or they need you, then you respond. Yes. It's like, that's kind of like life. It's like, we don't, we don't talk to people unless we know that we need something from them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're missing on the opportunity of where, like I was talking about that experience earlier at work. It was like, I didn't know what I, you know, I didn't know that I needed that conversation. Mm-hmm. And obviously it, it brought some value to my life because once I engaged it, then I really see how valuable it was to my memory. Because, right. you know, this is some years ago and it just made me feel like, wow, I didn't know I didn't know you were there, even mm-hmm. though you were there. Right. You know, right. you're every day, every day. I've probably seen him more than once, but I think on that particular day, because we get a lot of regulars, it was just that he was a caring person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was able to open up maybe that part of myself to care about his day really, truly, Yes. you know? And so like, I felt like cause he was an, an influence over me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it was like, wow, I don't right. want to be like that. I don't want to be where I uh, just close everybody out all day long and just go on autopilot. That's just, it's like just walk into the fridge. And even though you don't know you're hungry, you're just going to the fridge because it's like you're on automation. You're just going, oh, and then you're sitting there just blank. Like, right. like I said, the non-playable characters. Well, you, you just said, I don't want to do that. Right. You just said it. I don't. And, and <laughs> And maybe a lot of us don't want to do that, uh-huh. but because of learned behavior. So you're born born and you're a clean slate. Then all of a sudden, the only thing that the, the environment starts to dictate how you behave, how you treat, how we treat one another. Uh-huh. And so at some level, we all start to learn this. And again, it becomes the, the new normal. Now, how do I break that? There's no way around it other than to make myself slightly uncomfortable, which is what you did. Mm-hmm. The man came and said something to you. You your guard was up apparently, but then when you decided to to you know bring your guard down and let him in, then you had a very, uh, very a, a very a, an experience that enriched your life that you still remember to this day. Right. 
it feels like the only way to move in that direction is to actually make efforts to do so. Exactly. And then from that experience, it was like, it wasn't so much about the experience, but it was about how I was able to observe that from a different, um, I guess, point of view mm-hmm. where I seen myself the way, the how I was acting with him in the beginning. It was right. almost like a movie, like a dream almost. It, that's what it felt like. It's like, cause you see yourself, you see yourself in what you do almost as an observer. Yes. Rather than just filling in the experience just to, you know, take that in, you know, it was just, it was a, just a different feeling. And mm-hmm. it was, um, I think a lot of that kind of helped me start looking at things that more, looking at things more yeah. and, um, and trying to be maybe like him to be open and to talk to people when I see that they're so close to kind of like, Hey, how's it going? You know, you know, I have to, mm-hmm. you know, open them up, you know, break them from, you know, everything that the monotony, I guess. Right. Right. So. I, I think that we, we've learned so much how to do exactly what you said as, as far as like make a person a non-playable character that we think that I can just continue to do this. But when we continue to do that, we're not developing as a species. Right. A prime example. Um, when I was younger, I had a, a good friend that when I lived in Virginia, he wasn't really a good friend. Uh, and I'll clarify that in a second. So I lived on one side of the valley. He lived on the other side of the valley and there was oh, yeah. a train track that ran through the middle and a, a tunnel. It was very like, uh, I don't know, very nostalgic, let's say that. And so uh-huh. I would walk across that valley and I would go visit him. But the truth, the truth of the matter is, I really didn't like him. What? Right. It sounds crazy, right? I really didn't like him. <laughs> You're not going to say his name. Damn. I'm not going to say his name. I didn't <laughs> like him, and I'll tell you why. But I, what I did like is that his family made more money than I did. They had an in-ground swimming pool. Um, there was always plenty to eat. Uh, uh-huh. Just this this sense of freedom that I could be completely fulfilled in my five senses and really n- nothing that attracted me to his personality. So did he know I didn't like him? No, he did not know that. So my level of engagement was only based on my self-interest. So his value in my eyes was only how he could serve me. And this is how we treat each other Mm -hmm. all the time. And we have to start to recognize it. We have to be honest with ourselves. That honesty comes up when we have discussions. When we choose to run away from discussions, we're running really away from what really needs to be corrected inside of ourselves. Right. Because the discussion kind of brings that out. It brings it out more and you start kind of looking at it from a different level, you know, mm-hmm. almost like as the observer, because now you're telling the story, mm-hmm. you know, so the, I mean, I had a similar story, but it started off really bad. Um, it was some little, it was a little girl across the street that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't even know why. I like, oh, I know why I didn't like her. It's because my brothers told me not to like her. Ah, I have two older brothers. More learned behavior, right? <clears throat> right. They told me not to like her, go beat her up, whatever, because I was such. They, my brothers just made, bullied me into doing things. It was horrible. You're a baby. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> I had to prove myself. Okay. <laughs> but it was that same thing where when I stopped listening to them and really kind of gave this girl a chance like to really see who she was she was just like me and but I see like she had she had things that I didn't have and 
there was a level where I felt like, oh, I don't know if I belong here, you mm-hmm, know, type mm-hmm. feeling. But she was so accepting of me and wanted to play. And so we had this whole little, um, you know, little imaginary world that we had in her um, her yard because she had a lot of trees and okay, huge and, you know, a little clubhouse that her dad made or a treehouse that her dad made her. Yeah. And just we just became in our own little world. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I guess our circumstances were totally different because I was, um, you know, I had I was less fortunate, you know, child and on right, one side of the right. street. And here she was, you know, where she had everything that her she was the only child at the time. And so she had everything. <laughs> right. But we both I think we played on a level that we both didn't have really much of anything. We just had the environment around us. Mm-hmm. And we just like had this fun. And then now looking back on it as an observer, I see that how if I listened to the influences of my brothers, I would have never known that she was like one of the greatest memories that I had as a child. You know, wow. if I would if I would have went and beat her up like my brothers told mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gave that a chance. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even be talking about this, of course. But um they were such a huge influence over me because they, you know, I wanted to be like them. <laughs> of course, I wanted to, you know, make them happy so they didn't probably pick on me. But it was like, if I would have just went along with what they were telling me to do and just go with the influence of that learned behavior. Exactly. I would have been, I would have, you know, lost out on the mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, why do we have this? you know, the tendency to, um, to do that, to ignore these opportunities. You know, I was a child though. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. not, I was open to it, but as an adult, you know, why do we ignore these opportunities to kind of open up to one another, to be engaged with one another at a deeper level? That's a, good, a great question. I think there's a part of us that if, if we're truly honest with ourselves, that doesn't want to be responsible for other people. And what I mean is, I don't mean like I go to work and I do my job. I don't mean that I wake up in the morning and I take care of my family. This is, Mm -hmm. this is obvious. We know we're talking about that, but there's, I think there's an inherent fear that someone is going to bring me something, whether it be a problem or, Mm. or a situation that I really don't want to deal with. I have my own problems. Right. So it's, it's, I, I, it's very easy to put up a guard that's Mm fear-based that, keeps me from moving in a direction to connect with somebody in an an intimate way. And, you know, you can go to a restaurant and if you think about this, uh, really feel this question. I mean, this scenario when Uh you're home, you can, let's say, watch a movie, eat dinner and watch the television. But when you go to a restaurant, you can do the same thing, but that experience is enhanced because I don't know, there's 50, hundred people around. So you feel that sensation between you, this, this, this greater sensation of I'm getting something, right? Okay. So you feel that sensation, it's, it's enhanced because if it wasn't enhanced, we wouldn't do it. We right. do it because it's an enhanced experience. But the same people that I am kind of like drawing this energy from, the same, okay. uh, the same atmosphere that we're creating together in this restaurant and this, this uh, television or we're eating, Right. The the same people I cannot even look them in their eye. The same people I cannot even strike up a meaningful conversation with. Right. So we're using each other in a way that's very egotistical, and we don't realize it because it feels so normal. So 
yes, you make me feel good. I'll talk to you. You have something that I want. I talk to you. Otherwise, I'm going to relegate you to a non-playable character. We're not even pointing fingers that when we say this because it's ingrained in human consciousness. Uh The point is that they begin to talk about it and raise awareness that, yes, we want something different. We don't want to continue in this way because really our at some point we will start to realize that our our continuance as a species will be contingent on our level of connectivity with one another. It makes sense what you're saying. It makes sense uh, because it's like we go around these, you know, these places and we feel that energy because, you know, a lot of people are there, the whole ambiance of it, the right. whole, everything that they feed us to make it, to make it um, an experience. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of lose out on it because <clears throat> what is the point? Mm-hmm. What is the point of, of being all together if we are just going to um, disregard, right? like, not even acknowledge each other in most instances. Exactly. And um, and I don't think it always been like that. I think no. We know we it, people used to be more you know kind of talkative and open with each other, like as if you know the uh, what do they call it? Like an oh neighborhood type feeling. Yes. Where yes. everybody knows, or like Cheers. Community. Remember, remember that Cheers. Yeah. Where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came, even though right. it was a bar. Right. It was like that feeling that you were accepted. Mm-hmm. But it's like we often don't create those atmospheres anymore because we're just trying to get in, fill ourselves with whatever we think we're, mm-hmm. we want it from that experience and then get out, go home. Exactly. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I'm thinking about the experience that you were talking about with the, the gentleman earlier. Uh-huh. I, would, I can imagine like, let's say, for example, if you got to know him and then maybe his family or something like that. And then you're all sitting around. So this experience that you're having, as far mm-hmm. as like, if you're in a restaurant, what we talked about earlier, but now you're in that same environment, but you're engaged, you're engaged on a level of like, yeah, I, I really know this person. I want to know this person. So you're in a shared experience, but you're not leaving out the aspect that of connection that actually makes that experience completely enriching to our lives. We're not leaving leaving it on the side and say, well, I'll take this, but I'm going to leave this behind. And nature is not going to allow us to continue to to treat each other that way because it's part of our development. That's, that's really interesting how you said it's part of our development because it's like we're ever changing and it seems like so we go if we weren't like this before, if human, you know, people weren't like this before, and then we change and now everybody's kind of in their own little bubbles and they don't want anybody around. And it's kind of like COVID, <laughs> you know, don't come in my space. Right. But at the same time, it feels like it's also teaching us because then we're saying definitely who, you know, like maybe, I don't know if it's choosing the right people that could be this influence, but you really don't know unless you know, unless you talk because you don't, you can't get into discussions. You can't just pick your family, pick the cousins and the family no. that you like and That's everything. That's the easy way out. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it needs to do a little bit more work for that. And right. So. And next thing you know, you're talking to cousins and friends and like you said, and then you go home and you're talking about, I feel so lonely and disconnected. Well, <laughs> there's a conundrum there, right? I'm only right. talking to my family. I'm only talking mm-hmm. to my, my friends, but yet I have this emptiness inside. Well, right. 
that emptiness is a natural lack because we are social beings. Right. Natural lack. Yeah, yeah. It's a natural lack, but in order to fill it, then I have to be the one to move. I can't wait for someone to come. And mm-hmm. and you were fortunate that someone kind of decided to say, hey, I'm going to talk to this person regardless that right. she's giving me the cold shoulder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't, that was, that was horrible. It made me look at myself in a whole different way when I look back on it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, now it's like, I think of, I could be that person, like just talk to people and a little bit, I do more and more, but I still have, you know, I still have difficulty. Right. Right. Because like you said, you have this natural feeling where it's like, Oh, I don't want no problems. <laughs> exactly. Right, well, what exactly. do you have for me? Right. You know, so, um, yeah, and, it's difficult. And that's not the only factor. I mean, that that's one. And I'm, I don't want to sit here and say that's the only reason, but we have to also understand that we're under the influence of like divisive, influences all around us in the media mm-hmm. and on television uh everything is 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 kind of geared towards like me or there's there's no message of like unity above race above uh right. gender above uh country above you know what kind of clothes i have on or i don't have on there's always this message of separateness and we start to because we don't know anything else and because we haven't really made the effort to try anything mm-hmm. else now it's like I find myself fighting for these same positions. It's like, wait a minute. I'm fighting for a life that was like stamped on me. And I don't know right. any differently because because it's all I know I'm fighting for as if it's my own, but it's not even my own philosophy because mm-hmm. when I was born, I was a blank slate. And then and then even the social media, it's like it's like the same thing. It's geared towards you could pick what you conversations that you want to be mm-hmm. in. You know, pick the people that you want to talk to. Um, but it's almost like it has a, a, one of those things called like bullying. I put little bumpers on the side so that way uh, you can oh. strike with for little kids. They use that. Right, right. And that's kind of like how social media is because you could always swipe up, you know, and just stop and not not engage in anything. But you're getting all this information. You're seeing everybody's conflict there. Mm-hmm. And you could mm-hmm. say, you could say, oh no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be in these conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we almost feel like as if the world has expanded for us because of social media, because of the internet. Right. But at the same time, we could always say, oh, I don't want this part. I don't want this part. And you don't have to engage anybody. There's no reason to really get to know anybody. There's no um, reason. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, besides these dating apps where it's like, that that's the reason they right. know what they're going for, but it's like, you have no reason. So it's like, oh, what does this benefit me? So it's like still living in that bubble, even mm-hmm. though the world just got 10 times huger <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, it's expanded. It was huge because of social media. You know, we could talk to people in Europe now with no problem and, and, you know, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippine islands. I know my cousins that, are all in the Philippine islands, but, um, am I really connected? Right. You know, it's like, right. do I really have these conversations? You know? So it's almost like as if you're putting, I guess, a glass or some kind of separation still, even though the world just got bigger, you, yeah. you're still separated. Right. You said, uh, you said a few minutes ago, you said something about, uh, putting up things that keep you in a certain space, like the you're talking about the the things that keep you from 
bowling a gutter, gutter right. bowl. There you go. <laughs> and so we get very comfortable in that place that's like kind of like padded for me to stay in my my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do anything to come out of it. And so if it makes me feel good, I'll move towards it. If it makes me feel uncomfortable, I'll stay away. So the, the question is, who am I hurting when I decide to make those decisions? I'm, I'm, I'm hurting myself and I'm hurting those around me, whether I realize it or not. Because those are opportunities for mm-hmm. both or whomever chooses to engage for their lives to be more more enriched. And at the same time, we're talking about an expansion of consciousness because this this must happen in order for uh, the species to continue, as we said a little earlier, right. because you can see that all the divisiveness, as if we're not one global family, mm-hmm. is tearing us apart at the seams. It's very right. simple. It's very, very simple, but it's the hardest thing in the world to internalize because it's so much easier for me to go to a politician and say, you fix this. I don't have anything to fix. And we rely on this. But at the same time, we cry because they're pocketing millions of dollars of taxpayer Mm -hmm. money and things like that. And we cry about that. But at the same time, I won't even, when my neighbor comes walking down the street, (laughs) I won't even say hello to them. What is my responsibility in this? Right. It's like, I want everybody else to enrich my life. Right. You know, how does that work? Right. And and I, I hope we don't, and to our listeners, we don't sound overly critical. We just, it's just about recognizing what's inside of us and, and what we're facing and how right. can we rise to something higher? How can we rise to what really would be called like love for all of humanity? Right. And, and honestly, when I'm, when I'm speaking like this, it's my own internal dialogue telling exactly. me, you know, so... I'm speaking from that, you know, I'm not really saying, Hey, you, you know, so exactly. it's, it's me. This internal dialogue is in me where it's like, I want everybody to, to serve me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> make my life better, please. Right. But we'll make our, <laughs> we'll, we're talking about it to make ourselves aware of it. And it's like, right. because uh, I'm good. I am a good person. That's, this is what, I'm not saying I have thoughts running through my mind that says I'm a good person, but there's a sensation that I'm good. But it, could it be that I live inside of a bubble and I can't even see right. the harm that I that I cause? And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I could justify myself and say, well, I didn't call him a name. I didn't shoot him. I didn't bump into him. So I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything harmful. I didn't, I didn't harm him. You're right. But by us not choosing as a species not to engage one another deeply, Mm-hmm. We are bringing harm. We just have to right. realize it together and feel it together that we want something else. Right. And, you know, and just thinking about that memory I shared, it's like, if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have opened up how, how that might've affected him and how that actually affects me. And it's like, wow, that's, I feel like that causes harm mm-hmm. to people when mm-hmm. they don't acknowledge each other right. as humans as they're alive and they're just like you it harms them as well so mm-hmm. and that's one part i think i really ruminated over of with this memory is that man i'm so glad that i didn't blow him off because right. i didn't want to i didn't want to hurt a person and have a bad memory for right. him to have or it's like oh this this girl's snotty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe when we, so there was a level of, of acceptance there. In other words, he mm-hmm. was open to accepting you. And maybe at that point, 
at the beginning of the conversation, you weren't so open to accepting him. But right. if we start to accept one another, maybe as a as a as a whole, we would start to let our guards down. There you go. That's and a, lo- the a lot of fear that we're carrying around mm-hmm. because we're we're so afraid that we won't be accepted by one another that we walk around in this tense position that I don't want to speak to anybody. There's fear and there's hurt and there's pain out there. Well, right. Let's just start to accept one another this, just a little bit more, and then maybe we can start to relax and see the value of the person other than what I want to get out of them. Right. And, you know, like you said, guarded, you know, we're so guarded and that's kind of like how we, we set up like our homes and everything. We're so guarded with our fence. We want privacy. We want everything. We want to be in a bubble, but then mm-hmm. we complain about being in the bubble where it's like, <laughs> right. You know, why, why do I, well, I'm stuck here. You know, yeah. we want to be stuck, but we also uh, don't want any, want anybody to anybody to pull us out of this bubble Mm -hmm. and and if if you don't want that then maybe you could try to pull somebody else out of their bubble i mean i'm grateful to this guy that did that with me because otherwise i wouldn't have that perception i wouldn't have probably grown as a person to start thinking of things like that i would have just been this robot and customer service how may i help you and pc all right (laughs) Right. right how's the weather how's the weather oh that's very safe thank you for talking about the weather today because i don't want to talk about anything else <laughs> oh gosh and what could you say about weather so much it's oh, uh goodness. it's become a very safe topic the other part is just if we could start to imagine just imagine a little bit inside of ourselves what kind of world we could actually start to create between us if we start to move in a different direction. It doesn't have to be what we see in front of us. It really is up to us. It's a, like creating a desire between us to like explore. Like, like there's so much territory inside of ourselves that's unlimited if we're willing to explore into that space. And what kind of world would we start to create if we start to release one another from these uh these limitations that we put on each other and by not willing to just dig a little deeper just dig a little deeper for the benefit of not only myself but everyone around me right it's like not focus and aim yourself towards the benefit maybe but just aiming aim ourselves towards one another and you know because that's where the benefit's going to come from because i can't get it alone because alone I'm blind and together we see thank you John thanks Becca thank you so much Mm -hmm.